May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart always be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Seated. Well, good morning to everyone. It's good to see you all here, and uh, I pray that you all had a, a blessed and, and holy and wonderful and joyful Thanksgiving. Um, you know, I was talking with uh, Linda Adamson before the 8 o'clock service, and she was extolling the uh, attributes of her husband, Wayne, who apparently had made three pies for Thanksgiving. And she sort of upped me, because I was only making one, an apple pie. But um, it occurred to me that maybe, as just uh, an, an act of, oh, why not, we could have a, a, a bake-off, you know? I mean, there's, there could be... Pot, there could, could be more than two pie makers and cake makers and brownie makers here in the parish. It'd be something that we could do you know, for our own Thanksgiving and our own celebrations of joy and being together. But you know, um, for Thanksgiving and, and all of the blessings that we've enjoyed, I'm sure, for our families, I especially um, am thankful for the ceasefire that is holding tenuously there in Gaza and for the resulting pause in the misery that has consumed that part of the world. And I pray for its extension and an end of the hostilities there, and also the hostilities in Ukraine and all the other areas of, of conflict throughout the world. I, I lift up my voice and say, Lord, in your mercy, hear my prayer. Today's gospel finds us on the Mount of Olives, with Jesus and, and his disciples. They have asked him about what signs would signal his coming in the end of the age. So we're at chapter 25. You need to sort of back it up a couple chapters, back about chapter 23. Um, and Jesus has now gone into a series of parables that he is uh, telling them as signs. You know, we had last week the parable of the talents. And then two weeks ago was the ten bridesmaids. And through all of these parables, there is a running theme that Jesus is saying, keep awake, keep awake, for the Son of Man is coming at an unexpected hour. And today's reading brings us to Judgment Day, when the Son of Man sits on his throne of glory. And I must say, brothers and sisters, that today I find myself in deep fellowship with the righteous and with the condemned in this final parable. We are kindred souls, myself and, and these folks, because like them, Christ meets me everywhere, but I do not recognize him. An act of mercy or the neglect to show mercy brings the same question to my lips. Lord, when was it that I saw you? In this judgment scene, Jesus lays out six acts of mercy that have become essential to the Christian witness. You can see them on the cover of the bulletin. Six acts of mercy. Feed the hungry. Clothe the naked. Give water to the thirsty. Visit the sick. Visit the imprisoned, clothe the naked. And there is a seventh one that is listed there, bury the dead. 
because this was an essential aspect of the Christian witness of being able to know that by being a part of this community, I would not be tossed off in a pauper's grave, but I would be buried with respect and honor. I would be shown, even in my death, the mercy of God. This idea of mercy runs through Matthew's gospel. Jesus preaches on it time and time again. Go back to the beginning in the Sermon on the Mount, where he says, Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Twice he shamed the Pharisees for not remembering this quote from Hosea. I desire mercy, not sacrifice. And during the litany of the woes, he denounced the scribes and the Pharisees because they had been so consumed with what they thought was important in following the law that they had neglected the weightier matters of the law, justice, mercy, and faith. Today, Christ the King calls us to a unique way of being in the world, a way that is both challenging and exhilarating and intoxicating. Christ meets me everywhere, but I do not recognize him. On the street, babbling in the corner at Starbucks, in the hallways of the lighthouse shelter, in the hallways of Union Memorial Hospital, everywhere, the sanctuary of St. Anne's, Christ meets me, but I do not recognize him. Yet, I must act. I must engage in some small act of mercy, not as a hedge against judgment or as a means to ensure my place in heaven, certainly not to claim my place alongside social activists and be patted on the shoulder and be given some recognition. I act, we act. As disciples of Christ, our witness is not divorced and cannot be divorced from God's love and mercy that is expressed in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The Great One, Mother Teresa, seen by many as a social activist there in the slums of Calcutta. But when you strip it all away, right brothers and sisters, and bring it down to the basic element she was simply a thorough disciple of Christ, living out her faith. While her example is one for the ages, today's gospel tells us that the act of mercy need not be grand. It can be simple. It can be small. It can be so matter-of-fact. It can be forgotten. Lord, when did we see you? Two stories come to mind as illustrations. The first is from the early centuries of our faith, the fourth century to be exact. And here, here we find a young Roman cavalryman stationed in Gaul. His day has been long, but he is used to the hardships of military life. He has known them for three years. He is now 18 years old, he became a soldier at the age of 15. And as he approaches the city gates, he spies a beggar in rags. Again, he is used 
to such sights. The world is full of misery and souls in misery. Nothing new, nothing out of the ordinary, nothing strange. And yet for some reason, something grasps his heart and he takes his sword and he slashes his cloak in half and gives half of it to the beggar. That night, in a dream, he sees Jesus wearing the cloak that he had given the beggar. And the angels are gathered around Jesus and they ask him, Lord, where did you get this cloak? And he responds, Martin, who is still but a catechumen, not yet even baptized, he clothed me with this robe. Such is the story of Martin of Tours, later bishop in France, and well remembered in the life of the church. Our gospel sheds light with these words on his deed. Lord, when did we see you naked and give you clothing? Again, when did we see you? Alas, Christ meets us everywhere. But do we recognize him? Another story. This one from two weeks ago. Casey McIntyre. 38 years old, married, mother to an 18-month-old daughter, died from ovarian cancer on November the 12th. But before her passing, she set in motion a campaign to pay off medical debt of others through an agency called RIP Medical Debt. She knew her insurance was a blessing as she struggled through months of care at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center, but she also knew that there were others who were not so lucky, who were not so blessed. I'm sure all of you have gotten an insurance bill at some point from the hospital and looked at one set of figures and thought, oh my God, how many zeros are there? And then you look at the other figure, and you think, thanks be to God for Anthem Blue Cross, or whoever it might be. But we know that others are not so lucky, that there are those in our world who postpone medical treatment simply because they know they can't afford it, and they know it will cripple them financially. But as of last week, this campaign that she started, Casey McIntyre, has raised nearly $200,000, erasing about $20 million in medical debt for people she will never know. The way it goes is a dollar erases $100 in this configuration. She will never hear the world's applause, but I believe that she will hear the words from today's gospel. Truly, I tell you, just as you did it 
to one of the least of these who are members of my family. You did it to me. As I say, brothers and sisters, Christ meets us everywhere. And even though we may not recognize him, even though he may still elude us, still we are called to act and to participate in the ongoing renewal of the world that at times seems so slow, so incremental, that it appears that nothing has changed. But know that for those whose lives are touched by a Christ-inspired act of mercy, everything has changed. The hungry are fed. The imprisoned are given hope. And the stranger finds a home. We act not to earn our way into heaven. We act out of gratitude and thanksgiving and thanksgiving for what God has given us. For, to quote from St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians in the second chapter, it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Casey will never hear the applause of the world. Martin of Tours did not slash his cloak in half to hear someone give him a pat on the back. But by our acts, small and large, the gospel tells us that we may have eternal life with Christ and that we will be welcomed with these divine words. Well done, good and faithful one. Well done. Enter the joy of your master. Christ meets us everywhere. May we strive to recognize him. Amen.